Hello, my name's Eleanor. And I'm Michael. And this is Interfilm Recommends, a regular podcast exploring new and classic titles for film club leaders to use with your clubs. Today is a podcast for primary clubs. Our featured film is the new on DVD title When Marnie Was There. And we'll also be looking at one film from our Ghosts and Ghouls film list, Paranorman, before highlighting a couple of new in cinema titles. Let's kick off with When Marnie Was There. Now this is a U certificate from the BBFC, but we put it at 7+. plus. It's quite a gentle film actually, but we think this would be the audience that gets the most out of it and, and will engage from it um, at 7 and above. Uh, and it's about a shy and awkward girl called Anna, uh, who's 12 years old, and she's sent to the countryside after having a panic attack uh, at home. And there she begins to explore the mysterious location, as well as a mysterious new friend called Marnie. And we'll hear a little bit about that now in this clip. But seriously, Anna, it's really best for you to stay away from that old marsh house. Oh, really? Why is that? Go. Stop it. <laughs> I'll go get some wine. It didn't look like anyone was actually living there. Not now, anyway. A while back, it was a fancy vacation home for some foreigners. Anyhow, the place changed hands a few times. But I think it's been empty for a long while there now. Huh, interesting. So this is apparently the final film from the Japanese animation company Studio Ghibli. Um, It's actually not by uh, either of the two most prominent directors either, but rather by Hiromasa Yonabayashi, who has previously directed Arietti, uh, which we like here into film. And he's also been a key animator on several of the other uh, Ghibli titles. Now, we can see um, Ghibli trademarks all through this film. Absolutely. It's quite a fitting swan song for Studio Ghibli in quite a lot of ways. Um, It's got that lovely kind of nostalgic feel to it, um, as well as a sense of belonging. Um, It's got a very beautiful score. It centres on a female central character. um, And it's also quite a lot about growing up and coming of age. Yeah, and in the clip we can hear um, that link to uh, our theme for the week, which is Ghosts and Ghouls. Um, whereby uh, there's this massive house um, which is seemingly abandoned, but there are images of possibly people there. Um, And there's a silo later on as well. And even uh, Marnie, who's the character that Anna meets throughout, she's um, very elusive. The whole thing is quite lucid and dreamlike and you can't quite put your finger on exactly what's going on or who Marnie is. Yeah, so Marnie's quite a complex character, as is Anna herself. You can sort of see from the beginning of the film that she's quite isolated. Um, She's there sketching the playground and you can see that she's withdrawn from the other children um, and finds it quite difficult to make friends. So when she meets Marnie, it's a way of her kind of discovering who she is and and finding a sense of belonging as well. Um, And there's also the excitement of this mystery. Um, Because she can't really pin down who Marnie is, she's always trying to find out more about her and there are all these clues place throughout the film for her to get to that place which also kind of help her with a bit of her own self-expression and self-discovery and this artistry is found throughout uh, many of Ghibli's films and it's something you can explore um, through the curriculum Uh, also it's uh, this film is an adaptation from a John G. Robinson novel uh, with the location moved from Norfolk to Japan there are also um, things like PSHE. Yeah, emotional well-being is a massive thing in the film. Uh, and geography and psychology as well. So lots to explore here in this really, really lovely, um, fitting send-off for the studio. 
So now we're going to look at our Ghosts and Ghouls film list. We're just going to look at one of these highlights um, just to show you ways in which you can explore these films. And there are both primary and secondary films on this list which explore the scary, the spooky and often the sensitive world of ghosts and ghouls, uh, including um, adaptations of much-loved literature, enchanting animations uh, and modern horror as well, going across many decades of uh, cinema. So we are going to look today at Paranorman. Paranorman is a film from 2012. It's a PG certificate and it's suitable for audiences aged 7 plus. Uh, the film follows the adventures of Norman Babcock, who is a misfit 11 year old who sees and talks to ghosts. Um, and he's a boy much like any other in lots of ways. He squabbles with his family, he gets in trouble with his big sister, um, except he has this extraordinary ability to communicate with the dead, who are mostly a friendly lot. Um, however, this does give him some problems with the living. Um, nobody really believes in this ability, and um, except this new friend he finds, Neil, who um, finds his talent a bit of a, a unique sort of starting point for their friendship, um, which you'll hear a little bit more about in this clip. So does everyone come back as a ghost? No. My grandma told me it's usually people who still have stuff to figure out, or sometimes it's the ones who died suddenly or in a bad way. <laughs> Bub? Is he there? How's he look? Uh, good. He's happy to see you. Who's a good boy, huh? Good boy. Can he feel if I pet him? Yeah, I guess. Mmm, mm, bubby wubby boom. Uh, that's not his chin. So this is another film made by Leica Studios, who also made Coraline, which is another fantastic film for Halloween viewing. They also made Kubo and the Two Strings recently, which we loved, like really yeah. loved. We've raved about it in previous podcasts. Um, do have a listen if you haven't heard our thoughts on that. Um, and it has their characteristic attention to detail in their stop motion animation and their creation of the world, as well as their very dark sense of humour. Uh, and they have a lot of fun with that in this film. Um, it's a proper monster movie and it doesn't hold back. Um, you can see that they've been really inspired by previous films. I mean, one of the first scenes you see is uh, them watching a horror film, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and just the fun that they have with the effects um, is hilarious um, and works really well because it is animation. It would be a bit too scary if that was in live action for a family audience. But the way that they've treated it is, you know, is one of those things that can be really appreciated by an intergenerational audience, actually. Yeah, they do it in a really clever way, don't they? But um, but you're right, it is, it is dark at times. Why we put it as 7+, plus rather than 5+. plus. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and we've talked about the the witch and her origin story and how that is how that's treated really you wouldn't expect that uh, much like with um Ghibli, as we were saying earlier it gives it an extra um layer of depth to the character and it makes you appreciate things from her point of view more it also gives it a, a, a historical context actually doesn't it yeah i think it's really interesting for that reason um you know it, it doesn't shy away from the fact that you know, the country that they're living in does have a dark past. So um, it, it acts as a reminder of what has happened um, and the things that need to be done to resolve those issues, um, which is all tied up in this witch's curse and um, and makes for some of the scarier scenes in the film, but also some of the more poignant as well. Um, and it's a bit of a reminder of how we treat people who are different, mm -hmm. um, how far we've come from those days when 
some pretty awful things did happen, uh, but also how far there still is to go. Um, there's quite a lot of anti-bullying messages in this film. Yeah, um, you know, it happens on, on lots of different levels. I mean, with the witch's story, it's quite extreme. Um, with the way that Norman is treated for his special abilities, um, you can kind of see... You know, it's just schoolyard bullying that's happening all the time. And it's you can see the effect that it's having on his character. Um, yeah. And the way that he sees himself and the way that he interacts with people. And then there's um, there's also an LGBT angle in this film, which is very, very minor. Um, it does happen at the end, but I think to talk about it isn't any sort of a spoiler. But um there's there's a there's a moment in the film which uh certainly doesn't need to happen in terms you know it doesn't need to be included the the studio will be under no pressure to include that but it is a very nice touch in terms of what they do with that relationship and and how they progress the character and uh with such a you know broad and very young audience watching this film it's as i say it's it's, it's a very progressive thing to do yeah i think it, it really yeah as you say adds another layer to what's going on and it, it rounds out all the characters that are being represented so in the film we have this kind of threat of a zombie invasion going on and Norman because of his special abilities is at you know at the head of the charge of this group of kids that are trying to prevent this taking over the town and you might initially see these characters as representatives of different types you know you've got a jock you've got a bit of a bimbo you've got the kind of nerdy kid and you've got um, Norman who's being bullied but then as their quest continues, you see lots of different layers to their characters, and I think the way they've treated that is just fantastic. Yeah, and and one other thing to th- to um, mention about uh, both these films, actually, so Marnie as well, is um, those themes of uh, you know how ghosts are treated. The, the ghosts aren't included in these films simply or not just only for scares or for, you know, just for this fun element. There are themes that come out of Ghosts and Ghouls that are linked to loss and grief and, you know, family and growing up and all those sorts of things that uh, are quite, um, you know, sort of melancholy in a way. But they're very useful for discussing those issues and those subjects with, um, you know, with a classroom or, or a club setting then. Yeah, and in both of these films, the representation of family is quite um, realistic, I think. They're not perfect families. Norman's family are always arguing. Um, his parents sometimes don't respond to him in perhaps the way that he his, his behaviour is telling them that they should. They maybe sometimes sideline him, but it's it's clear that they have a very loving family and not everybody's perfect. And it's kind of the same in Marnie, isn't it? Um, she has a very difficult relationship with her mother and when she's sent away, she is brought, well, looked after by her uncle and aunt and starts to see things in a different way um, and responds to them differently and, and sort of grows as a person and finds new ways to communicate with her mother because of that experience. Yeah, definitely. The, the two films have... Um even though they're not, you know, particularly uh, similar films in many ways, they have a lot of uh, thematic resonances, I think. And that's, uh, they're a very interesting comparison, for sure. Yeah, there's lots of levels you can explore. I mean, emotional well-being is just one of them, anti-bullying. Again, with this film, it's art and design. um, And even a little bit of history, if, um, if you want to sort of go back into the period of time when things like the witch trials were happening and people's beliefs as well um, and folklore and all that kind of thing 
So now we're going to move on and talk about a couple of titles which are new in cinema, which your students might like to go and watch. And we're going to kick off with Eleanor's choice, which is Phantom Boy. It's a PG certificate film and it is the follow-up to A Cat in Paris, which is very popular here at Interfilm. But actually this um, is not in its original French. It's been dubbed uh, for an English speaking audience Um, and again similar to A Cat in Paris it features a youngster who is tracking down criminals in an animated homage to film noir for a family audience. Um, This time however the setting is New York and our hero is Leo who is a seriously ill boy who has the power to leave his body and allow his phantom to travel freely and this is a skill that he uses to help an injured police officer keep tabs on a criminal called The Face who is posing a major threat to New York. So it's a really intelligent and witty film and it engages with some quite serious issues, but very sensitively. Um, And the film also has a lot of fun with the crime genre and also with the New York setting. Um, Some of the older uh, audience members might see some nods to a few other films, particularly Woody Allen, actually, um, in their use of the scenery. Um, And the hand-drawn animation style is very, very beautiful. Um, I actually attended an animation masterclass with one of the directors, Alain Gagnon, last year at our Interfilm Festival um, So he was leading me and a group of students through his process um, of kind of tracking Phantom Boy's flight path. Um, And it was really fascinating to see him do that and sort of bring together all the different layers of animation. Um, And it was really great to see that on the big screen. I think this film really rewards whole family viewing. Um, As I mentioned, there's a lot of little nods in there for the older members of the audience. Um, But there's a lot of fun with the adventure as well for the younger members. And of course, there are some quite serious issues um, about illness that are raised in this film that I think um, be really nice to discuss afterwards. It's handled so gently and so beautifully um, that it's yeah a film with a lot of complexity, but a very rewarding viewing experience. So I'm going to talk now about Trolls. Trolls is a U certificate, and I saw this at the London Film Festival. We've actually written a blog on um, quite a lot of our favourite titles there, which you can see on interfilm.org. We've got videos with cast and crew as well for you to enjoy. Uh, And I really enjoyed the film. I think kids will as well. Uh, They certainly seem to at the screening I was at. I'm sure it'll do very, very well at the box office. It's what I describe as a a Sugar Rush film. So titles like The Lego Movie and uh, A Town Called Panic, uh, Wreck-It Ralph as well to an extent. These films which are really bright and colourful, high energy. They're sort of manic and and frantic and uh, loud and musical as well to uh, an unapologetic extent. It's got these really upbeat songs and likeable characters. It's consistently really funny throughout, and it's just really good fun. I think kids will like it. It's got some nice messages in there, and um, I had a really good time. So that is everything for this episode. We'll be back next week for a secondary theme podcast to look at the film Departure and coming-of-age films more generally. In the meantime, please check out our previous podcasts on SoundCloud, all of which are accompanied by show notes, uh, which link to resources including film guides, film lists, blogs, and also some video content as well. So thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week.